All right, T.C. Martin Show. Uh, Mark is filling in. T.C. is in traffic, but he will be here shortly. We just want to update everybody on the uh, shooting that just took place at UNLV. Uh, some news uh, came down. The shooter has been uh, located, and the shooter is deceased. They got some victims that are being transported to local hospitals here uh, in and out of Las Vegas. So we want to keep everybody updated. Uh, T.C. Martin Show is going to be here 2 to 4. T.C. is uh, on his way, he should be here shortly. So I'm going to just kind of keep you guys updated on what's going on in the area of Maryland Parkway. Make sure between Tropicana and Flamingo, you want to kind of stay away from that area. They got it taped off. Just had an update from the, the sheriff. They're going to update everyone at the headquarters about what's going on um, as far as the victims go. Um, I know they said they have some uh, transportations, I mean, some transport to UMC. As of right now, UMC, they are still taking patients and visitors. So if you're in there and you need to go to uh, one of those local hospitals, UMC is open and they are, uh, they haven't received any victims uh, from the shooting yet at UMC, but they are uh, got the uh, police and uh, they're transporting victims. When they do transport victims, they will uh, be ready at UMC. Uh, mass shooting. I mean, it's, I mean, you got to go and think about this, you know, once we get more details on the victim, um, why the motive, why this happened, but it's happening far too often. Uh, we're seeing a lot of, uh, victims, uh, coming into schools and shooting up, you know, innocent kids. So once we get the motive, we get a, uh, the picture of who this person was, what it comes down to is something we've been talking about is weapons, right? The, the, somebody has got their hands on a weapon that probably shouldn't have got a weapon. And so, um, as we update, we see and hear about this all over the country, um, all over the world. We we talk about it, but now it's in our backyard. And uh, again, uh, we're talking about the shooting that just took place at my alma mater, UNLV. And so I'm following it close. I've reached out to uh, if you have friends and family at UNLV, make sure you reach out to them, send them a text message. I know a lot of the uh, buildings and the some of the departments are on lockdown. Um, I've reached out to some friends and family. Make sure you reach out. But we want to keep you guys updated um, as we we get information. We will deliver that information. T.C. Martin uh, will be here um, shortly, but uh, make sure you guys tune in. Uh, we'll go over the UNLV more information as we get it. But right now, uh, one, the shooter has been deceased, has been located. The campus is closed. Four victims have been uh, uh, confirmed. Uh, three victims have been confirmed, um, and it was uh, right there at the campus of UNLV. So the campus is on lockdown. Parents, if you do have kids that attend UNLV, make sure you reach out to them via text message. Um, they are ev evacuating the campus. A lot of students are being told to, uh, you know, find their way uh, to their car or find their way to a safe location. So as of right now, we what we do know is there are uh, four victims um, or three victims and one deceased uh, the shooter has been found and he is deceased. I just talked to a good friend of mine uh, who's over there right now. He said they are in the process of locating uh, any other victims. Uh, all buildings have been closed down. Campus is officially closed. They're closing down College of Southern Nevada as well. So if you do have family, friends, uh, try to reach out to them uh, via text message. But as of right now, we got three victims and one shooter who has been deceased. He has been found and located uh, in the beam hall department. Um, another, uh, information we just got is that, um, the campus will be closed today and possibly tomorrow. So, uh, just looks like TC Martin just walked in. He's here. He's going to take over, but I wanted to make sure we updated everybody. I am staying close to this, uh, active shooter that, uh, the shooter that situation that just happened at the UNLV campus, but Maryland Parkway between Tropicana and Flamingo is completely closed. And uh, all the, the whole campus is being uh, closed and evacuated. So teachers, students, um, if anybody has friends and family, make sure you try to reach out to them. I reached out to a few people. They're OK. And so they said most of the campus is shut down and they're still looking for any more victims. So um, as we get news, I'm sure TC will share with you, but um, we'll take a short time out and uh, TC Martin will join the show. Now, more of your favorite personal sports physician. Don't make me beg. T.C. Martin. Because you are a character, doesn't mean that you have character. The doctor is now in. 
All right, any good Wednesday afternoon to you, and uh, not a lot of good here in locally here in Las Vegas. T.C. Martin with you. I appreciate Mark Hayes for uh, opening uh, the show here with a live update uh, regarding the situation. We know a lot of people who uh, listen to this show uh, are not locals. Uh, this show is streamed live uh, all across the country, across the world, and we have a lot of people outside of Las Vegas that may not be too familiar that what is happened in our community here uh, within the last couple hours. But to update uh, everyone, uh, there was a mass shooting on the campus of UNLV uh, at 11.45 this morning. Actually, a call came in at 11.46 a.m. that there was an active shooter. Uh, what we know now is that uh, there were multiple victims. The shooter is dead. The shooter was deceased. The threat is no more, and this happened on campus at UNLV uh, there at Beam Hall. Now, for those that are familiar with the campus UNLV, I am one of those. Um, know exactly where where this is. It's the it's the business building, uh, right? You know, by by other major buildings, uh, right? Not far from the student union. And anytime that you hear about a school shooting, it is, uh, gives you chills because we hear about this stuff. And then when it happens in your own city or your own alma mater, uh, it's a very, very nerve wracking. There are a lot of people very nervous today. Uh, I got a call a little bit after 12 noon today from, um, people who were on campus. Uh, I've been actually in contact with one of the professors, uh, at UNLV. Uh, they are currently still in lockdown mode, and um, it's a, a very tense time. But the good news is that um, the shooter uh, has been killed. He is deceased. There is no longer a threat, but uh, they are still going through all the procedures and protocols on campus at UNLV. Uh, they are still ushering students out. They are evacuating everyone, both faculty members and students off campus. And again, it, it's still an active situation. Um, traffic is around the city is very bad today. Hence, uh, that's why I was uh, stuck in it for the last hour. Uh, I-15 is closed on off of the 215, that on-ramp. Uh, they are trying to keep um, uh, streets and the I-15 open for emergency vehicles. Um, we do know that there were multiple victims. The number of victims confirmed as of right now is three. So, um, and uh, we know that there are uh, other injuries unknown right now. What we do know is that the shooter is deceased, that the shooter was on campus. We do not have motive, do not have any reasoning. The... Um, it was a site of terror on campus there today, like we said, around 11.45 a.m. Uh, we know that uh, Las Vegas Metro Police and campus police there on UNLV acted accordingly, and uh, they squashed the situation as quickly as they could. Uh, an alert went out to uh, everyone on campus that said to to hide and run away from where you heard bullets. And uh, we know that it was an active scene there this morning. Again, people are still on campus. They are evacuating campus. They are going building by building. And uh, there is no longer a threat. So we will continue to update everyone uh, about this situation. And again, um, very, very nerve-wracking when this happens in your home city and on your own campus. Um, I am a former parent of a UNLV student, so know that campus, know many, many people that are, are still on that campus as faculty members, as well as students. Obviously, you know, we are very close to the athletic uh, department there at UNLV. The UNLV running Rebels are on the road tonight uh, to play Dayton, so they are away. Uh, their game has been canceled tonight against Dayton. So obviously there is, um, you know, 
a, um, a lot of answers that people are looking for right now. So, uh, again, the game tonight, uh, UNLV versus Dayton, um, is canceled due to the, uh, the tragic events uh, that unfolded just hours ago on the campus of UNLV. So we're going to continue to update as we get news. There was a press conference that was held at 1.30. I was privy to hear that press conference um, uh, today with the, the sheriff of the Las Vegas uh, Metro Police Department. Uh, again, they did not have an, a, a number of victims at that time, but now we are hearing that there were three victims. Again, we do not know the motive uh, at all. Uh, the reasoning behind this, but just a very, very uh, unfortunate. But again, the shooter is dead, three victims, and uh, happened on campus at Beam Hall. That is the business building right there in the center of the UNLV uh, campus. So uh, the scene has been de-escalated. If uh, you can avoid that, please avoid Maryland Parkway, Tropicana, uh, on both sides of Maryland Parkway, on Flamingo and Tropicana. Uh, as again, there are barricades that are up there. Traffic uh, is a mess uh, up and down uh, Maryland Parkway and around the city. They're diverting traffic now. And again, there are parts of I-15 off-ramps that are closed uh, due to bringing emergency, victim, uh, emergency vehicles uh, to UNLV and trying to get out of UNLV. So uh, we know that the victims were taken to UMC on Charleston. So we, 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 we know that, uh, that is very congested traffic area as well too. So please try to stay away from there. Again, if you're just joining us, uh, very tragic news on the campus of UNLV today as, uh, there was a mass shooting. We know of three victims, uh, right now. We know multiple injuries. And patients are at the UMC Trauma Center um, there at UMC Hospital. So, uh, again, you know, we're still getting reports and we, don't, we do not want to actually um, give you any false information. So we're being very, very careful of what we get confirmed. But we do know for a fact that there is no further threat on campus at UNLV. Suspect is deceased. Three confirmed victims with unknown injuries. So we get more of that information. We will, we will let you know. And again, uh, traffic, uh, being diverted. So, uh, if you are traveling around the city, be very, very careful where you're going. Travel safely, please. You'll see a lot of, uh, police vehicles, emergency vehicles are around town. Um, again, trying to keep as many people away, um, from the situation because it still is an active situation. Even though there is not an active shooter, the shooter, uh, is deceased. We do not know how the shooter died. We do not have that in information yet. Uh, not a whole bunch of stuff is, is, is getting totally confirmed. So we don't want to give you false information, but what we do know is that the shooting happened on campus at the beam building on the campus of UNLV. And, uh, the shooter is deceased, no longer a threat and they are evacuating students and faculty off the campus of UNLV. For more information, we do have a phone number that uh, you can reach out to in a website as well, too. And that phone number is 702-455-AIDE. That's 702-455-AIDE. And that is 2433. So 702-455-2433. If you're looking for a loved one who is on the UNLV campus, please call that number. And you all also can go to the website of FACSouthernNevada.com as well. And a uh, family reunification center will be located at the Las Vegas Convention Center. And uh, they will transport people there to be uh, to be reunited, uh, reunified, and to provide assistance. So again, if you have not heard from a student a faculty member or someone that you know that was uh, on campus today, uh, please call that number again is 702-455-AID. That's 455-A-I-D-E. And uh, go to the website for more information as well, too, that they are providing. And that is FAC Southern Nevada 
Uh, more traffic uh, information coming out now that uh, the I-15 is open. Okay, so uh, that corridor is open. I know that it was closed uh, for about the last hour or so as I was traveling in, and, and I got diverted uh, today like many other vehicles did as, as well, too. So very sad news uh, when you hear this, uh, especially for those of us who um, either went to UNLV, uh, go to UNLV, have family members that are students there or, or graduated from there. Uh, as many people know, uh, my daughter graduated from there going back uh, several years ago. Uh, she is on campus quite often. And uh, again, I got a chance to talk to um, one of the professors at UNLV today who currently just right before we got on the air here today. And um, that professor is uh, laying low and uh, they were slowly but surely evacuating everyone off campus. And again, this all happened at 11.45 a.m. this morning, a mass shooting on campus. This is just not a, a local story. This is a national story. And uh, like a lot of school shootings, whether it's elementary, junior high, high schools, or colleges, it's uh, very unfortunate. So obviously this uh, this story is, is everywhere. It's on CNN today. It's a national story. But uh, it's hitting very, very close to home with uh, many of us here um, in Las Vegas here today. But again, to repeat the news, no further threat is on campus. They're evacuating the campus. So please make sure that uh, if you have a loved one, um, know where they're at. And if you, if they were on campus today, please reach out. And again, if you have not heard back from a student or a faculty member who you believe was on campus today, you can call the number 702-455-AIDE. That's 702-455-AIDE. And go to the website for more information. The latest information provided by uh, Las Vegas uh, Metro uh, Metro Police Department uh, at facsouthernnevada.com. All right. Numchuck, you've been here uh, hunkering down uh, the studio here uh, today. And again, appreciate, uh, yeah. uh, Mark Hayes for, for opening the show for me, uh, today while, uh, I was, uh, getting here to the studio today. Just, uh, and I know Mark feels the same way I do when you have, uh, you know, you have an alma mater and of, of yourself or, or family members, it, uh, it hit, hit, hits close to home. Uh, you've been following the story. Do you have any other news? Not that I've gotten lately. Okay. Just that the 15 has just reopened. Mm hmm. All right. Uh, now we're getting the numbers. So at the press conference they had at one thirty today, it was short, and they just said that there were victims. They did not confirm the number of victims. But now we're getting other reports that the number is three. And I don't want to make light of anything, but that is good that it was only three. Because when you hear, you know, you hear the term first. What I, when I heard a little bit after 12 noon today that there was a shooting and then the term mass shooting. And when you hear that, that's when it becomes uh, very nerve wracking and, and scary. Cause when you hear that there's a shooter on campus and there was a shooting, you're not sure if there are any casualties, any fatalities or not. But then when you get mass shooting, it's different. Again, that's what we're trying to be very, very careful of, of what we report because in these type of situations, you want to make sure you have the facts there and uh, are not um, saying anything that uh, that is not true. So three victims. Now, when we're hearing the word victims, that is not saying fatalities. I don't believe they've said any any fatalities. I believe they're all injuries that are all injuries unknown of the three. Okay. We, so we do know that the, the shooter is deceased. Do we, yes. do we have any information, not guessing, but do I, we have any information how I the believe shooter McMahon, died? I think McMahon said that they engaged and they got him. Okay. So yeah. Okay. So yeah. So, uh, three victims, um, taken to the hospital. And uh, again, currently evacuating the UNLV campus right now. Um, personally, I knew people that were locked down today in classrooms, in the buildings. Um, and uh, I know that uh, what 
what was reported from, from people that I know of, uh, that the shots came from the beam building. That is the business building there on campus. I've heard from students that it was the second floor, okay. second floor okay. so of the beam building. of the beam building. Yeah. Okay. Second floor. So, you know, not to speculate or anything, but, uh, I know the first questions are coming out. Well, is this a racially motivated? This is a time of year for those that don't know that finals are going on and graduation is getting ready to happen for the, you know, the fall session and actually graduation is next Monday. You have these type of incidents that happen sometime. Again, not saying this is exactly what happened. Don't know. But you have incidents it, it, near graduation time if somebody gets news that they failed a class or they're not going to be able to graduate. And we've seen um, students take matters into their own hands. We do not know anything about the shooter. We don't know uh, if the shooter was a student or not, if it was someone on campus, off campus, we do not know. But we do know that uh, UNLV, uh, their uh, police department uh, on campus and Metro did a v- great job of squashing the situation uh, very, very quickly. Uh, UNLV has uh, sent out uh, this information, continues shelter in place. Police services continues to respond and clear buildings systematically. And the current update is UNLV and all um, NSHE institutions in Southern Nevada are closed for the remainder of the day. So uh, all classes and events uh, have been canceled. And again, the UNLV basketball team was on the road tonight. They're in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, they got news of this. And of course, uh, the that game is canceled tonight at the University of Dayton. So again, Las Vegas Metro Police Department reporting three victims of unknown injuries. So we're not hearing fatalities. So that is good. That is more good news. We just know unknown injuries. And the next press conference will be held around 5 p.m. So I'm sure we're going to get uh, much more detail. They had set up a, a media center there on Maryland Parkway and uh, University Avenue. So again, uh, that street right now, Maryland Parkway by University, is backed up like a parking lot because there's a lot of emergency vehicles, a lot of uh, media vehicles that are there as well, too. They held a press conference at 1.30 p.m., and uh, the next press conference will take place held by um, Metro at 5 p.m. All right, so if we get uh, further information during the course of the show, we will relay that uh, to you. And again, just to summarize everything, there was an active shooter on campus at UNLV today. This incident uh, happened at 11.45 a.m. Uh, a call came in to Metro, a 911, at 11.46 a.m. Um, and then uh, UNLV got a notice out to everyone on campus, sent out an alert, uh, told uh, students to hunker down. Uh, and if uh, they were not in a building, to run away from the sound of gunfire and uh, and also hide. And then as a last resort, fight. That was the message uh, that went out. Uh, the shooter is deceased. We know that there are three victims. Uh, and we do not know the severity. But what is being reported by Metro is the victims have unknown injuries. So um, that is a good sign. But a very tragic day on the campus of UNLV happening very, very close to us here. UNLV ladies have all been accounted for, Lady Rebels, mm-hmm. and so have the um, hockey, the hockey team. And because th- those uh, they're all those yeah. personnel, those athletes and staff, they were on campus. Yeah. when this happened uh, today, and so okay, we'll continue to get to more news out to you when we get that. All right. So as far as uh, today's show, uh, we will uh, continue the show today and get back to. Uh, the sports today on the show. Trevor Maddich is going to be joining us. We will talk to him regarding the college football playoff. Uh, more uh, conversation about that. We've been talking about that the last couple days. Uh, we'll also start turning our attention to the NFL as well, too. Um, 
So we've got uh, that happening on the show today. Olden Polonies will be joining us, OP, uh, next hour as we will be talking to him regarding the uh, NBA in-season tournament, which is here in Las Vegas. We have not heard anything that is going to um, postpone that or delay that. We know that uh, the teams are in town actually today, and they were practicing at T-Mobile Arena earlier today. Uh, and, you know, that's a situation too, as we know that when many NBA teams have come to town, of course, for the NBA Summer League, for uh, Team USA, they train in practice at the Mendenhall Center there on the campus UNLV. So luckily today that uh, they were not on campus today or anyone's, uh, uh, you know, in the Mendenhall Center there, no one was affected there. Again, this shooting uh, taking place at the Beam uh, Business Building right in the uh, the center of campus today. So uh, again, mass shooting, uh, three victims, do not know the severity of the victims, uh, unknown injuries, uh, taken to UMC, and... Uh, the shooter is deceased and is no longer a threat. All right. So when we come back, we will, uh, begin our show today, uh, the abbreviated, uh, sports version of it and, uh, get back to it. If we do have any further updates regarding, uh, uh, the situation at UNLV, we will let you know. Now, now, more from your favorite sports radio physician. That boy is good. The doctor, TC Martin. All right, still a lot of talk with the college football playoff. We went into great detail on that uh, on Monday and even yesterday on the Terrible Tuesday edition. Miss any part of that, go to the website at tcmartinshow.com. But plenty of college football, NFL to talk about. We'll hit that on the show today. Uh, next hour, we'll talk NBA as OP, Olden Polonese, will be joining us as we get ready for the in-season NBA tournament semifinals tomorrow night at uh, T-Mobile Arena. Actually, you've got a 2 o'clock game in the afternoon and a 5 p.m. game for East Coast time purposes. So that'll be happening uh, tomorrow afternoon here at T-Mobile Arena and then the championship game on Saturday. So we'll get to more thoughts on that as we continue on here. All right. Uh, join us now, our good friend who hopefully has got a little bit of R&R, a little rest and relaxation, very busy time of year, our good friend from ESPN and who joins us uh, each and every week. And he joined us on Monday, really had a great conversation with him regarding the college football playoff rankings, Trevor Maddich. And he joins us now. Trevor, what's going on, brother? TC, uh, it's great. Part of the reason it's great is that, nope, there's no breaks. Uh, spent all day today doing stuff. One of them was building a, you know, breakdown tape, which we're in the process of doing now for Friday because I've got half time of the FCS playoff game and it's going to be really fun. They they wanted me to do something on Jaden Daniels, the LSU quarterback, as we do different things over the course of Friday and Saturday leading up to the Heisman ceremony. And so I'm looking at tape of Jaden Daniels and and what I noticed was you know not just we just don't want to say look he throws good, look he runs good. Back to you, Bob. You know that kind of a thing. I'm noticing that the dude is hilarious when he runs the ball because of the wreckage that he leaves in his wake. I mean, you got defenders, you know, falling down, being flat on their face, flying through the air, and then being flat on their face, all trying to catch this guy because he, he's got over a 1,000 yards rushing. He leads all quarterbacks in, in rushing yards. And so it, it's just tremendous fun. So that's kind of what's keeping me busy right now is getting that breakdown ready for Friday. No one does it better than Trevor Manich, no question about it. And like I said, great conversation that we had uh, on on Monday with your reaction uh, to the college football playoff, the four teams that were announced. So, Trevor, let me ask you: uh, since you know you were on the set uh, immediately thereafter, did a fantastic uh, job on ESPN and then Championship Drive, the, the marathon show that you did, uh, breaking down all aspects of not only that and then other bowl games. So now that the dust is has settled a little bit, and since you were on the set and then talked to us on Monday, um, any any second thoughts or does any anything like has settled in or either changed your mind or anything else come to come to your mind in the last forty eight hours regarding you know the the four teams? No, uh, not for me. I mean, I, I you know I thought that I, I thought the four teams should have been. 
Washington at one, Michigan at two, and you can flop those, which the committee did, and I'm fine with that. Um, and then Texas, then Alabama. I thought Florida State should have been out, and uh, and the dust hasn't settled. I mean, people people are pretty heated about that, and they they feel pretty strongly about it. And the thing is, people that believe that Florida State should have been in instead of being number five, they should have been number four, have a great point. You know, Florida State won all their games. And they won the two games at the end of the season without their starting quarterback. And so, uh, so you can make a great case. Plus for Florida State, it's just super difficult because they, their coach can't look at the team and say, look, guys, we lost the game. Here's why we lost the game. We messed up this and this. You know, we got to get better at that so that we're undefeated next year. And then they can't even say that. There's no closure that way because they did everything they were asked to do. And the reason the committee left them out ultimately is at least the biggest reason is that when their starting quarterback got hurt, uh, the committee saw them play without him in the last two games, and they saw that the offense, especially the passing offense, just disappeared. And it is in the committee's written criteria that they are allowed to consider key injuries in whether or not a team is currently uh, one of the best four in the country. And people that make that case for Florida State, it's very satisfying to make. It's very satisfying. The problem is you then have to say also why Alabama or Texas should not have been in. All of a sudden, things get really muddy. And so when people start talking about Florida State should have been in, here's why. I want to hear them say why the other two should not have been in, or at least one of them. Uh, because if they don't say that, then I, it's, it's mildly interesting because it's a package deal. Unfortunately, yeah, it seems to be a, a package deal. And you and I talked about this on, on Monday. And I have no problem with Florida State being out. And I think that, you know, if, if you follow the sport and you break it down, and I, I, you know, not to disparage anyone, but, you know, I'm not saying the, the, the novice person who really doesn't follow college football, they're just going to look at that, the O. They're going to look at 13 and O. They're a conference champ and, and that's fine. But, you know, like you said, when you look at the criteria, Conference championship means something, okay? Strength of schedule means something. Head-to-head means something. Comparative outcome means something. And then the big one here, key players available at the end of the season, it means something. And a lot of times that doesn't, you know, it's not appropriate. But in this situation, it is. Because, as you said, you know, Florida State is not the same team that they were earlier on. And that's unfortunate. And you can say, yes, feel sorry for the rest of those kids. And the defense played well. Great. And you said the exact same thing that I said, and you said it on Championship Drive on ESPN in front of a worldwide audience, and you said, Florida State really is comparable to Iowa right now. And you are so right. We are right. Because Iowa's got a great defense, but I'm sorry. Florida State's offense looks a lot like Iowa right now because they do not have a quality quarterback. And that kind of begs the question too, Trev. It's like, you know, most of these, these, you know, universities, these high powered power five programs that are very, very good. They have a guy that can step in and do an adequate job. I'm really kind of amazed at Florida State having two freshmen, uh, their second string and their third string quarterback who really are not very good. And there is a big drop off. And when, you know, you tell me if you're, you know, saying Florida State should be in, then tell me why you only scored 16 points against Louisville. Okay. Cause I don't want to hear about Louisville. Okay. They're good. No, they're not. And they, Florida State scored three field goals in one touchdown. You had 55 yards of passing from your quarterback, and you had a total of 219 yards of total offense. So I think we all know Florida State goes in against any of the teams that are in there. Number one, they're going to be a double-digit underdog, which means something, and they're going to be non-competitive. And I feel I feel worse for Georgia because I feel that Georgia is still today one of the four best teams. So Florida State, I got no problem saying, hey, you're out. But like I said, you go through that criteria. The one thing it doesn't say that you have to be undefeated. So the people that are saying, hey, they're undefeated uh, conference champion, to me, so what? You know, so what that you are undefeated? The committee is not factoring in undefeated, but I think that the general public kind of puts more of an emphasis on that than maybe the committee did. And, you know, again, what product are you putting on the field uh, you know, on, on, on December 30th. The, and the product that Florida State has right now is, is probably not even a top eight or nine team. 
Yeah, and then the 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 biggest problem I think you you have as you look at Florida State now and in their case to be in is not necessarily them. It's the crowd of people. I mean, there's there's four teams with legitimate claims at the last two playoff spots. Texas and Alabama who got in, Florida State and Georgia. I mean, how did they go from the best team in the nation for three straight weeks to number six because they lost the game by three points to the team that ended up number four in the nation, right? Uh, so, you know, all four of those teams had a great case. In years past, it seemed like with three weeks to go, there were a whole lot of of teams that would be vying for that fourth spot, and then the season would shake out. It was res- res- resolve itself, and there really wasn't a whole lot of controversy. In the end, it was like, yeah, okay, I get it. These are the top four and number five. You know, I, I get it. You know, there have been some uh, controversies, but nothing like now. So Florida State in any one of seven, let's say, of the 10 years of the playoff would have been in anyway. The problem was the crowd at that spot. And remember this, too, when it comes to taking into consideration the uh, you know key injuries, the comp that everybody's been talking about, you and I have talked about it also, but it's important, the comp is Ohio State in 2014. They lost their starting quarterback in the last game of the regular season, and the committee said, okay, well, we're going to see how the backup plays in the Big Ten championship game. It was their only chance to see if Ohio State was the same or worse or better, but they, they watched that game. Ohio State beat Wisconsin 59 to nothing. The committee said, okay, they're rolling with their backup quarterback. It looks like there's not much of a drop-off in the sample that we have to see, and they put Ohio State in. And so this is where it, it compares badly for Florida State, and, and I feel terrible for them. Because, you know, I mean, how many chances do you get? Unless you're Alabama, Georgia, you know, those teams, Michigan, most teams are going to have a chance to get into that playoff every once in a while. Florida State's in a position where they're an every once in a while team right now. They're not a perennial threat to get there. Not yet. And so this was their opportunity and they, their, their head coach, their athletic director, the commissioner of the ACC were all they were so, let's put it this way, in their comments, they held nothing back. They fought hard for the players that they felt deserved it, and they did. And they were, I think, verbally incredibly, um, let's put it this way, as strong as they possibly could have been uh, in, in making their case. And so in doing that, they probably alienated some people. But either way, they, they felt strongly about it, and they said what they needed to say. Um, overall, it's uh, it's sad because Florida State in most of the years would have made it. Just this one, there's too many people, and so you have to you have to separate them somehow. Yeah, and unfortunately, and big unfortunately, you know, it this year there were a lot more than four teams. But it just you know, and we go back to the big picture here, Trevor. Yes, next year it's going to be better, but you tell Georgia that and tell Florida State that they don't want to hear that. You get the 12 team playoff, so a lot of this you know should should cure itself next year. But the big picture is, you know, the NCAA college football committee, whoever you want to put the blame on, you know, a lot of people may not uh, remember this, but this, this, this playoff, you know, was, was a situation that they debated heavily even last year that like, okay, well, you know, maybe we'll expand it to 12, but then they had some infighting and, in, in, you know, discussions amongst the, the ADs and everybody go, well, l- l- let's do this one more year and this and that. Just the big picture. Why is it taken, you know, this long when we have been living with a 16 team playoff at the lower levels, call it division one, call it division two, FCS nowadays or whatever, 50 years, 1973, they got it done right at the lower levels. The NCAA basketball committee has done a fantastic job forever. And you can make the argument like I did yesterday that this is the most imperfect system in all of sports is what the college football uh, committee's doing, NCAA, whoever you want to blame. But then on the other side, the NCAA basketball committee is probably doing the is is the most perfect because they're inviting just about everyone in sixty eight teams. Why Trevor has it taking so long for this to finally get it right next year? 
Well, because the school presidents didn't want it. Ultimately, they're the ones with the power. But but why? And, I guess that's what everyone yeah. has a problem gripping. Like, why wouldn't you want it when you've seen it work at the divisions below you? Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of reasons. One is that you know if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And they waited till the, they thought the the you know it started out where the, the newspapers. Uh, you know, writers and coaches had a poll, and that's who decided it was a national champion. You know, then they went to the BCS where they had computer formulas to put what the computers thought were the best two teams into one game for a, a one one game playoff, essentially. And then we expanded it to four, which is what we have now. And now we're going to twelve, right? So why, why didn't they uh, go to go to four earlier? Why didn't Why didn't they go to twelve earlier? Part of it was that things were really rolling. Another part of it is that there is a legitimate concern on the academic side, the school presidents and, and the people on the academic side, that too many games will start to detract from the student-athlete's ability to be a student-athlete. And I get it that on the FCS level, they've been doing this for a long, long time. I, I, I used to do uh, the FCS championship game, the, the, final, the, the final four, essentially, and then the championship game of, uh, of FCS. So I got to talk to these guys a lot. And now I do, I do a lot of halftimes and pregame shows and stuff for it. And those guys are, they're doing finals on the plane to and from the game. And it's working out okay. Sometimes instructors will come with them, uh, or tutors or representatives to make sure the finals are done the way they need to be. You know, it's all kinds of stuff. But I think at the higher level, at the FBS level, you still have a lot of resistance by those presidents to add more games because of the distraction it would be and when those distractions happens relative to the end of semesters, the beginning of semesters, things like that. So, so that's one thing. Another is the wear and tear on people's bodies. There's only a, a small number of schools that'll have, you know, extra games because most of them, you know, half of them are going to get knocked out in the first round, you know, and then a few more are going to have a few extra games. But one way around that is to do what the NFL did. The NFL had a 16-game regular season with one bye week for all the teams. They expanded that now to 17-game regular season, and they added a bye week. And that that's a possibility. You could push or you could start the college football regular season a week earlier in the summer and start training camp earlier uh, and then have an extra bye week later in the season to allow guys' body to kind of recuperate before you finish up the season. And that's one way around that. But these are things that I think have been of concern to the academic side. Now those things apparently have been resolved because, you know, they're, they're going to 12 teams next year. But I think it's important to remember that when you look at the NCAA, for example, the NCAA uh, is kind of like Paul Tagliabue to the NFL, the commissioner of the NFL. His job is for everyone to get mad at him instead of the owners. Well, when the NCAA makes bad decisions, often it's just them doing stuff on their own. But the biggest decisions, those come from the school presidents and chancellors. And uh, and that's kind of what to look at when things change on this level. Trevor Mass joins us like he does each and every Wednesday, talking about the college uh, playoff uh, scenario. And uh, we will find out and we'll handicap those games as we get a little bit closer uh, in, uh, on December 30th when uh, both of those games take place, the Sugar Bowl and the Rose Bowl. All right, my friend, the uh, transfer portal is now open, as we know, right? <laughs> you have Kyle McCord, for the Ohio State quarterback, highly regarded, uh, of course, we know Ohio State lost to Michigan and ended their uh, playoff hopes. Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma, he jumps in the portal, and so many others. Now, there's a 30-day window where these players can get in the portal and basically you know, go, go wherever they want. Um, we see, Trevor, that more and more of this is happening every year. And what what are the, the the reasons that you would say that we're starting to see just more of an increase with this? And, and where is it going to end? And it, do you think there will ever be like limitations put on this? Because it is, it, it's hard to keep track of. Yeah, you can't stop it. You can limit it like the time frame, which they did. They made the transfer portal, you know, the, the time that you could enter it, you know, they, they shortened it. Um, and that's important. I mean, coaches, college coaches, they don't have, they don't have a whole lot of time for their own families anyway. But now with the portal, they got to recruit their own players. They've got to be aware of what's happening in the portal and who's available. 
Um, you know, roster management's become a nightmare, uh, and the coaches just have to deal with that. And that, that just makes their job tougher. But from a standpoint of, of the players, you know, this combined with NIL makes it free agency, right? And so because players can transfer somewhere one time without having to sit out a year now. So that means that, you know, if you're at, if you're at Oregon and you decide you want to play at USC next week, next year, you get up and transfer without sitting out a year. Now, if you transfer a second time, they make you sit out a year. Uh, but that first one is enough for things to kind of get crazy. And, you know, one of the, one of the coaches, I, I can't remember which one, uh, power five coach said that to get a, a good quarterback at the transfer portal is going to cost you between one and two million dollars NIL. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's sort of a going rate and, you know, so, so that, that combination changes recruiting. It's no longer just a matter of, you know, you recruit your own state and you recruit your own area and all that stuff. It opens it up for teams like Syracuse and places that aren't in strong recruiting areas because now you come up with NIL, you can get people to come and keep this in mind too, that, that college players, like ones that are eligible to go out into the draft, it used to be that often they would come back to play um, college football for another year to increase their ability to make money in the NFL by rising up in the draft because they have another year of college under their belt, that kind of thing. Well, now a lot of those guys are coming back because they can actually, unless you're a you know, first round, maybe second round draft choice, you can make more money in NIL in college this year than you could going into the NFL next year. So now you got two reasons to stay. One is to continue to develop, but one is you can make a whole lot more money. That's not everybody, but draftable players tend to be kind of in that group. Uh, so there's, so all that is good, but I tell you what, I've been thinking about some of the craziness TC that this, that this causes for how you manage a roster and for coaches, it gets, there's a lot of complications that are just now starting to become known. So we heard that Ohio state has 12 players leaving the very first day, a powerhouse like Ohio state, 12 players leaving South Carolina, 15 players. Well, what is happening in these schools? And let's talk specifically about Ohio state. I mean, is this a Ryan Day issue, do you think? And, and, and is this could be, I don't want to say the beginning of the end of the pure dominance that we've seen with Ohio State and the Big Ten. It's not pure dominance from a football perspective because Michigan is, is there. But as we know, it's really pretty much Michigan, Ohio State and everyone else. Give me some thoughts when you hear about 12 players exiting the very first day. Yeah, it could be problems they have with the, with the fit in Ohio state or they don't like the coach or whatever. Uh, it could, it's, it's more likely playing time. They see people ahead of them that, that it looks like they're not going to be able to get on the field as soon as they want. And by the way, that's how you, you know, that's one of the ways you get NIL is to, to do well on the field. Um, so that the NIL providers, the collectives, they, they want you to stay kind of a thing. And then NIL, you know, you're not happy with the NIL money you're getting where you are. So you head off somewhere else. Right. So it doesn't, it used to be that, you know, you'd transfer a lot of times because you didn't like the coach or you had a falling out with somebody. Now, now it's, it's usually about the money, um, or about the playing time and the money and the playing time are kind of intertwined. So we'll find out as, as people, you know, talk. I mean, I, I kind of tend to think that Kyle McCord, who's the Ohio State quarterback this last year, he may have left because he saw writing on the wall that he might not be the next quarterback. Um, I don't know that, but he, uh, it was up and down this last year. And some, some, some games, he looked fantastic. Other games, uh oh, like the Michigan game, he, two key interceptions by him were really the two key plays of the game. One was early in the game and then one was late in the game. And, you know, it, it may be that, you know, and his coach didn't commit to him being the starter next year. He said, well, we'll see how things go. Right. And didn't even commit to him being the starter in the bowl game. So now you got backups that are already there. You got a five-star uh, high school recruit that has committed to Ohio State, and if you're Kyle McCord, you're thinking, "Well, looks like I'm not as valued here as I thought I was going to be, for whatever reason. If I go to a place that really, really needs me, and it looks like Ohio State doesn't think they do, then I have a better chance to play and to get big NIL money." Mm-hmm. And people say that, "Well, they shouldn't be getting all this NIL money," and I'm thinking, "Well, you know, I as much of a, a nightmare as it causes." I'm thinking just for me, who am I to tell a kid from, you know, 18, 19, 20 year old kid that's got a, a skill in the market? It might be to throw a football. It might be to catch a football that's got a certain value in the market. Who am I to tell that guy he can't maximize that 
in the place that he thinks he can maximize it. And if he's in, if he's in this boy band and he thinks he's better off transferring to that boy band, who am I to say, no, I like you too much in the first boy band. I'm not going to let you go. That would be, that would be wrong in principle. So as all this stuff happens, I keep coming back to the principle that more freedom for players to access the value financially of what they bring to the table is probably the thing we want to protect the most. I, I agree. I mean, it's no different to say if if a player had a job outside and you know one one guy was making ten bucks an hour, one guy was making a uh, hundred bucks an hour. I mean, it, more power to him. It has no effect on on the play. It has no effect really in the eligibility, so to speak. And that player can make money through nil deals. I mean, no one should have a complaint about that whatsoever. I mean, it, it's it's really uh, you know a, a great system when you think about it for the player, but also. Again, Again, it just it, it just takes away any controversy or any type of ineligibilities that we would have in years past. You know, when we hear about this, so I I, I agree with you. I, I think it's I yeah. think it's fine. Now, now, the big question here, though, Trevor, is when you're going from one boy band to the other. What is your boy band? Oh, I, I'm not a big boy band guy. Uh, I like good music. I don't care whether it's a boy band or it's a band or it's a solo act. I'm I'm fine with. Uh, I'm fine with whatever it is. If it's, if it's good music, good songs, well written, well performed, I'm good with it. But uh, I can't think of a. I, I probably could name two boy band songs <laughs> of all the boy bands combined. I didn't know when you you brought up that boy band reference. I figured, okay, he's got a boy band in his back pocket. I mean, he's a, he's, he's a closet new kids on the block guy or something. I don't know, you know. No, but but you know what though, I, I can't remember if I told you this. Uh, I would, did I tell you I went to see the Taylor Swift concert movie? I can't remember if you did or not. I can't remember. I think you yeah, did. No, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Listen, man, I was just so, my brain was so jam-packed full of football stuff. I just had to, <laughs> you know, and, and I had a chance to, to see a movie, and I love music, so I went to see it. You know, again, I, I, I couldn't name 40 or, you know, probably 60% of the songs that she sang. But I'm sitting there listening to these songs, and I'm going, you know what? I've never heard that song before, but that's an amazing hook. And she did such a great job vocally in, in delivering that song. And, you know, it's just, I was very, very impressed. So it's like movies, you know, my wife hates animated movies, but for me, I don't care if it's, if it's a good story, well told, if it's a good, um, you know, if it's, if it's a good song, well performed, uh, I'm fine with it. I don't care what genre it is. There it is. Uh, who knew? Taylor, uh, uh <laughs> Trevor Madge is a Swifty. I just, I, no, you're I'm probably not, the only I'm not one. A Swifty, not yet. I, I appreciate, I appreciate good storytelling and she's an amazing storyteller. That's it. All right. Uh, quick handicap on Army Navy. Go. Under. I like uh, it. I it. Enough yeah. said. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> hey, what's the uh, under over on combined passes? I'm going to write it down. Uh, 18. You might be a little bit more than normal, right? This year, right? Yeah. A little bit more than normal. Yeah, both sides are throwing the ball a bit more. And I think both sides are going to try to want to game plan against type a little bit. Do you like one team over the but other? It depends on the weather, though. Yeah. What's that? Do you like one team over the other this year? Uh, you know what? I love both teams, and I hate to, you know, I think an army probably has the edge from a standpoint of they're a little bit better team right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it's like the rivalry games. Washington struggled with Washington State. Georgia struggled with Georgia Tech. Alabama needed a miracle to beat Auburn. So you get these rivalry games, and yeah. you got to look deeper than just who's the better team. Hey, love the pageantry. Trev, I appreciate the time as always. Go get uh, some more rest. Uh, go look at some more tape, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you soon, brother. Great. Thanks, PC. My man, Trevor Maddich, ESPN College Football Guru. Great conversation with him. And that interview that we had with him on Monday, recapping the four teams, go to the website, check it out at tcmartinshow.com. All right, we come back. Olden Polonies will join us. We talk NBA in-season tournament here in Vegas. 